ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Thank you again for joining me and for spreading the help me spread help me spread the word about the importance of building relationships in business and in life and showing people that we care. I'm Janice Porter. I'm your host, and I'm interviewing today Jan Jansen. Welcome, Jan, to the podcast. Well, hello, Janice. It's wonderful to be here with you. Thank you. So Jan, Jan and I go way back, actually. I think we met in the early 2000s, and Jan was um, probably one of the uh, first, as I recall, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Jan, but one of the first um, people to, to create a women's networking organization um, in Vancouver at the time, and it was a huge success. I met lots of people, and you were the queen of networking, I think, at that time. Is that correct? Do you I think it was, Janice. That was about 2000 that I formed Women Empowering Women. And uh, yeah, it was an incredible organization. And I know a lot of women still connect even now 20 years later, which to me is just a huge success, a huge win. I know. And your life has gone through many changes in that amount of time as well. I know you've been an entrepreneur all your life, um, starting with a home cleaning service franchise at 19, and then been a serial entrepreneur in different industries over the years as well. And today, um, I'm, I'm going to get you to tell me in a, in a moment what your passion is today and what your business is about today. But first, I just want to mention that I know that you know, through personal circumstances and how life goes, you actually took a complete left turn and left um, Vancouver. Tell me about that first a little bit, because you were gone for a long time. I was, you know, Janice, in 2007, I had an amazing business. I had a, a six-figure healing practice, but I had never been able to travel. You know, when most kids, well, I shouldn't say that. I had traveled, but I hadn't really traveled like for months or years, like a lot of young people do when they, you know, after school or whatever. And so I wanted to do it. And so I just did it. You know, it was one of those things that I thought, well, if I don't do it now, when will I do it? And so at the end of 2007, I packed up my stuff. I sold most of it. And I, I left and I was in, I traveled actually for nine full years living out of two suitcases. I could do that. If anyone who calls themselves a queen and then packs two suitcases <laughs> for nine years. Yes, that's that I don't know how, how you would do, but that's amazing. And I'm sure that that has um, impacted what you do now in terms of business. So how, when you came back, I, I know you are living in a, uh, a rural area, right? Uh, in British Columbia now, you're not in Vancouver. You have big property in a, um, I guess, would you call it a rural area? Where you oh, live? it's very rural. Yes, yeah. absolutely. We don't see a neighbor. Everybody's on 20-acre lots up here. So, yeah, it's we're at the end, top of the mountain, end of the road. It kind of doesn't get any more of a sanctuary than what we've got. Well, I always wonder when people live in those circumstances who have been in uh, a city-type 
um, lifestyle for um, before that, what do you do when you need milk? I mean, <laughs> like you just can't run to the neighbors for an egg or milk or whatever. No, you, you, you're really organized. Let's yeah. put it that way. Um, and Kamloops is only 45 minutes away. So it's not like we're at the end of the world. And, right. you know, 10 minutes down the mountain and I'm on Highway 1, which is the major highway that goes through Canada. So and and. As far as we're concerned, we've kind of got the best of everything, and it was a it was a tough decision, you know, to to live up here. But in another on another plane, it really wasn't hard because we were so set on what we wanted. Because having traveled the world, you get really clear on what your priorities are, right? Mm -hmm. So and quiet and privacy were a big priority. Mm -hmm. So we got that. So um, what? prompted you or what inspired you to to have another business to start all over again I mean at this point you've got your 20 acres you've got um, peace and you've got quiet and you don't need to do this why would you why why did you decide to do this again on a bad day I asked myself that same <laughs> question Janice <laughs> like on a day when you can't get on to zoom uh -huh. um, but you know I think that the suffering and the just the trauma of the world, you know, really affected me. Mm -hmm. And people ask me, why did you stop traveling? And it was really because I could not take the suffering of women, animals, children any longer. It was so hard because I traveled mostly in developing countries because mm -hmm. I speak fluent Spanish. I was a missionary in Ecuador many, many years ago. And so I speak fluent Spanish. So I spent a lot of time in, in Mexico and Central America. Mm -hmm. And then when my partner, who's now my husband, joined me in 2011, we continued. We traveled all through Asia and, you know, the Philippines and different countries in, in Europe that were not the most developed countries. And so... It was, it was just really hard to see all that suffering. And I think what happened is that once I kind of got settled here and I had a chance to, you know, recover because it was a, it was a big deal, you know, that living out of two suitcases, it's not easy. Um, and seeing everything and being in a different place and trying to enjoy the place you're in plus preparing for the next place. Mm -hmm. And so I realized that there was, there was so much suffering and I thought, will I live beyond my deathbed and be thinking, oh my goodness, I didn't do everything I could mm -hmm. to make a difference. And so I decided that, you know, I really wanted to come back to work. And it took me a while to figure out, you know, kind of, I always say what I wanted to be when I grew up. Yeah. But, you know, I figured it out and I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled with it. I mean, there isn't, I get out of bed now at five o'clock in the morning most days. I mean, I am so excited. I can barely stand it. And so I've got lots of energy. I'm healthy. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I want, I just want to do it. And I totally understand that and, and uh, can, uh, can relate to that because I love what I do and, and I think it keeps me young and I, I love, you know, building relationships with people all around the world, which I'm doing now, which is kind of fun because my business is global and I think yours is too. Yes. That's right. So let's talk about that. Passionate about helping women with their relationship to selling and money, particularly that tough money part of the conversation. So tell us about that. What are you actually working with women on? Well, you know, it's funny that women actually 
outsell men by 11 percent really yeah which is really kind of funny because apparently we do it all wrong like we talk too much we interrupt we don't ask enough questions we it, the the research done by gong which is a, an organization that literally tapes millions of hours of of sales conversations says that we don't do it right but we do it right because we outsell men yeah. so it's an interesting kind of conundrum because on one hand, we're so good at it. And on the other hand, we absolutely don't, most women really don't like selling. I mean, they use words like, you know, yucky and icky and sleazy and slimy, which and it doesn't really sound appealing. And I think most of them would rather kind of go scrub their kitchen floor, <laughs> clean the toilet than, than sell. So what I realized when I looked at selling, because I was trained in sales by the time I was six. So I've, I've had to sell my entire life. So I realized that there's a few reasons why women you know don't don't really like or enjoy selling one is is that we use such male dominated languaging around sales you know we talk about prospects and tripwires and filling the pipeline and mm -hmm. and hooking people and you know in targets and things like that. I mean, it feels like more like you're going on a hunting expedition <laughs> than you're going to help people. And that's really what sales is all about. It's about serving people and solving their problem. So I wanted to help women really understand how valuable they were in that sales arena. And that's why I decided to, to focus on sales. Because when you increase your sales and your sales ability, you increase your income. And it, for me, it always comes back to the income because I think women, more women need more money. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I've actually been uh, talking to a lot of people in the last little while around sales. And because I'm all about building relationships and, and nurturing those relationships, for me, selling is always about the people and listening to them and what did they need and how can I help them, which I think is um, what, how sales has shifted in the last several years from transactional to relationship selling or relational selling, selling, selling from the heart, if you will. And I think that appeals as a woman more. Do you agree that, that things have shifted enough or that's what you're promoting as well? Definitely what I'm promoting. And I don't think it has shifted enough because there's really no training on how to do that. Hmm. You know, when you look at, at sales training, most of it is done through corporate. So if you're not in a corporate job, where do you get sales training? Right? As an entrepreneur, there isn't really a whole lot out there that is really dedicated to helping women with their sales presentations. And so it's hard to get that. It's hard to get that knowledge of how to really take someone through an entire sales process with heart and yet also not discounting prices, not feeling guilty, not kind of freaking out when you get to that, oh my goodness, now I have to actually tell them how much is this going to cost. And that's where I think most women will get stuck. And they often say to me, Jan, all I want to do is not be discounting my prices at the end. You know, you just hit a, a nerve with me because I remember being like that. And I remember, um, I still don't think I charge enough sometimes for my own courses, but I do know that the difference now is that I can, 
I can say how much I charge with confidence and with, which probably means I'm not charging enough. Right. And with, um, uh, n not running right away. I remember doing this. I remember going, if they hesitate going, well, you know, I could discount it. However, I said it, I could, I remember doing that, but I don't do that as much if any, if ever anymore, because I feel I'm worth it. And I think that's what it comes back around to is your confidence in your self esteem around what you do and who you are. Would you agree? Absolutely. And I think that, you know, one of the things that I always help women ascertain is really the value that they bring to mm -hmm. the client. So you're not selling a product or a service. You are you are selling a solution to a problem. And that solution to a problem usually has tremendous value. So let's say you're a massage therapist and you, you, know, you fix people up by helping them to be able to bend over or stretch or do whatever, reach up. And so for a mother with a baby, if for example, her back is really bothering her and she's in pain, then for her to lift up her child or to play with her child down on the floor, do some things like that, she can't. So what, what's the price to that mother who is missing out on part of her child's life because of a back issue that that massage therapist can potentially fix? And so, you know, it's, it's not just about I sell this widget or I sell this product or whatever. It's about what's the value to that person when you really get clear on the value. And I go really deep on this because it's so impactful. It just, people have no idea. And women tend to minimize a lot of things. They minimize their ability. They minimize their skill set. They minimize their gifts and talents. And they minimize their value and worth. And that translates into um, earning less, which to me is a real, a real issue in yeah, I totally agree. Now you say that, um, what's your new tagline? Six figures is the new minimum wage. I, know, I love that. So how does that come into play with what you do? I, I would imagine, I mean, I think it's, it's cute and I think it's, it's got lots of merit, but it can't be uh, internalized by, by your students, your participants right away because they're not there yet. Right? Well, you know, everybody thinks, it's funny, because going back 20 years when I started Women Empowering Women, and I used to ask women, well, how much do you want to make? You know, what's your goal? And they say, well, I want $5,000 a month. Well, 20 years ago, that was that was pretty good. You know, that was that was a, a, a really decent income. Mm -hmm. But it was funny when I came back to Canada back in, in 2016, and then, you know, over the last year going back to work, I asked women, what kind of money do you want to earn every month? Every month? And they were saying $5,000 a month. And I was kind of going, whoa, you know, this is a problem. The cost of living has gone up dramatically in 20 years, and yet they're not looking for more. And that's a huge concern to me because the you know, CIBC, you know, the big, one of the biggest banks in Canada, says that we need $756,000 to retire. <laughs> now that's three quarters of a million dollars. That's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And yet the vast majority of Canadians are grossly underfunded for their retirement. Mm -hmm. So it's a problem. So that's why for me, it's so important to change that mindset to stop thinking about $5,000 a month because that's not going to cut it. It's, it may cut it, in a developing country. You could live well in El Salvador, for example, on $5,000 a month. But you can't live here in Canada well on $5,000 a month. Put aside money for retirement and 
do what I think most women would love to do, and that's to be able to give back more and, and really support organizations and causes that they're passionate about. So where do you start with someone? At the beginning. <laughs> right, but so, so I start at the beginning, which is totally different than where most sales programs start. Okay. Most of them will start with, okay, let's talk about your prospects. Let's talk about your, you know, your lead generation. Let's talk about your marketing. Then they start talking about how to overcome objections and how to handle rejection and all that stuff. I start with your money mindset because until your money uh -huh. mindset is worked out, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you can do. So you have to start at the beginning. And the beginning is what's going on in your mind around money. So that's why, you know, I, I'm, I'm so passionate about the money part of it because it doesn't matter how good you are at all the other stuff. If you're still undervaluing yourself or have some real money issues, which can come from you know, your family upbringing can come from, in my case, you know, I had a lot of money issues because of my religious upbringing. It can come from society. I mean, men, men right now in Canada, male entrepreneurs earn $68,000 more than a female entrepreneur. And yet there's probably more female entrepreneurs. I'm well, guessing. yeah. And it, what's really sad is that women work really, 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 really hard. And yet they're not, they're not earning you know, as much money as a man. And I think, why not? Mm -hmm. And I know that a huge part of that, a huge part of that is the fact that their, their money mindset is not in line with where it, it needs to be in order to create the income that they really need. So how do you figure out somebody's money mindset? I actually take them through a really cool assessment called Sacred Money Archetypes. And, oh, um, I did. Yeah. I've done that. Yeah. yeah. And so through Sacred Money Archetypes, we really learn what are your, we work with your top three archetypes. And that gives us insight into your strengths, your gifts, your challenges in a way that isn't, you know, it's never berating you or belittling you, but it's really looking at why you look at money the way you do, because it's a combination of you know, a lot of things, but these archetypes seem to have a, a huge impact on how we view money. It's, it's been super effective. Yeah, so it, it, it will um, uh, bring out for someone whether, uh, they probably already know this, but for you working with them, whether they're a saver or a spender or whether they, um, uh, one's coming to my mind that's not me, alchemist? Yes, yeah, mm -hmm. the that's alchemist. What's the alchemist? Well, the al and it's funny because one of my dearest friends is an is her primary uh, archetype is an alchemist. So she has a real love hate relationship with money, and so it's tough for her to to get kind of into just into that whole thing with money. It's kind of this necessary evil that we have. Well, as long as you're viewing money, because money is simply energy. I mean, everything's energy, and money is no different. So if you've got that kind of I hate you, but I need you attitude towards money. It's like money goes, whoa, I don't want to be in your wallet too much. You know, I don't want to be hanging out in your bank account because there's, there's just as a negative, there's a negativity. And we think, well, that's, that's ridiculous. But it's, it's amazing how when people's attitude toward money changes, 
As a matter of fact, you just had this happen. I met a woman at a conference in March, had coffee with her. We started talking about money. She was mentioning that she, you know, was, had a real problem with money. And something said, talk to her about her wallet. And I pulled out my wallet and I showed her how beautiful my wallet was. Not that it was a super expensive wallet yeah. or anything, but it was so well organized, right? And my money was all organized. And it. And she looked at it and she said, oh my goodness, you've got to come up to my hotel room and show me my, I've got to show you my wallet. <laughs> and which she did, it was just wild. I mean, it looked like there had been an explosion <laughs> in this wallet and she had stuff everywhere. And she said, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm cleaning up my wallet. And the next time we talked, she had done that. She said, I cannot believe it. that literally changed my life. And I said to her, well, you know, when you, it's like having guests in. I mean, if the house is all messy and everything, you know, they kind of feel unwelcome as if maybe I interrupted something. And that's the way that, that money feels like you have to have a nice home. You can't have homeless money. So <laughs> money that's living in a slum. You can't. You have to have, your money has to be kept in a pristine environment for it to know that it's really loved and appreciated. So I think though, uh, that's, that's really funny actually. Um, <laughs> so when I, I know of people who never have any trouble making money, it doesn't matter whether they got fired or they left one job or they started a business and it failed and then they just go right back to the next thing and they'll make money. What do you say to, about people like that? Because that's not me and I envy people like that. Well, you know, there's one thing about making money and then there's another thing about keeping money. True. So sometimes people like that, they have a propensity to make money, but it doesn't mean that they're actually not broke. Okay, so, so, you know, it's what we see on the outside, especially in a country like, you know, Canada, the US, mm -hmm. is not necessarily the reality, because I, I firmly believe that most women, for example, would much rather have a conversation with their girlfriend about their sex life than about their bank account, okay, yes. about their finances, about their retirement funds. Right. So I think that we put on a, a show or a front many, many times that we are successful or that, you know, we've got money in the bank. And I think the reality is that a lot of people um, are really much further behind than we would assume. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. So, um, so as we start to wind down here, because we only have so much time, what would you say, um, I know that you're teaching a course on these money archetypes, right? Um, the, uh, what's your course called? It's called six, six weeks to a six figure mindset. Right. So rewriting okay. your money story for 2020, because I think right now we need to rewrite our money story. I think we I think it's critical. And so that's the purpose of, of the workshop. Yeah. And um, is this happening on an ongoing basis or the next one is happening starting on June 30th to August the 4th. And yes, it is a course that I will be offering on a regular basis because I think it's really critical. I now um, will not take somebody into my Celica Queen course, which is my sales course, ah. unless they have been through something that I do with money. And there's a few courses that I do with money. This is a this is the one that really deals with the the sacred money archetypes and I love and I think it's so effective. Um, because I just I, I realize that otherwise 
it's it's just such a long road to sales success without the money mindset first. So yes, I will be running that on a regular basis. Okay, and that'll be on your website. People will be able Absolutely. to see it, right? Yeah. And, um, and they can actually do the sacred money archetype assessment. Um, that would be fabulous, Janice. They can go to the, the number eight, then moneyarchetypes.com. The number eight and then moneyarchetypes.com and they can do the assessment and I will do a complimentary reading. It's actually fascinating. That's people people yeah, people, you know, come on and they go, Wow, I had no idea. Or they think, Oh, this is just some kind of silly little thing that, you know, probably has no validity. And then by the time I'm finished it, it takes us about 10, 15 minutes together. They just are they so appreciate themselves, which I think is just you know, wonderful. Raising people's self-esteem, I think, is fabulous. And certainly, certainly resolving some of their issues with money, again, is priceless. Right. And you have to know where you are before you know where you're going, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, for yeah. sure. Absolutely. Okay. So just, um, just as we're wrapping up, I want to ask you, what would you, what would your advice be just in a conversation with me about selling, about sales? What are your top couple of things that would make sales uh, selling easier for me I think to just relax like have fun with this you know this is this is just a conversation where you're helping someone solve the problem and just keep on thinking about that so the minute you relax about anything it's always easier right I mean even relaxing having you know a filling done at the dentist is easier right yeah. so people go into a sales like as if they're going to have yeah. you know a feeling done so instead just relax and really listen to what people are saying to you ask questions get to know them i think the greatest attribute of a good salesperson is curiosity oh, i am super curious yeah i am too. super curious i love to find out about people i talk to everybody i you know it's just amazing but it's because I have a curiosity about what makes them tick, how I can help them, what they do, how they think. And so just, just relax and enjoy it. Because I think when you enjoy it, you'll want to do it more. And I think you'll be amazed at the difference in the results. Oh, uh, you just hit, you know, my, I love that word, curiosity. I'm going to ask you one last question. Do you think curiosity is um, innate or can be learned? I think it probably can be learned, I guess, because I'm, I'm innately curious and because I, but I was also trained to be curious, right? Because in the religion that I was brought up in, I had to, you know, I had to do a door to door ministry from the time I was a child. So you get curious about things, you notice things. And so it was just part of my training and upbringing. But I think people actually are curious. They just have never thought about curiosity and sales. And I think if we could just link those two concepts together, that would make a huge difference. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. So where can my audience find you? I, I'll put it in the show notes for sure. Okay. It's selllikeaqueen.com. Okay. So selllikeaqueen.com mm -hmm. is the is the easiest way. And then again, if they want to do the 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 sacred money archetype assessment that's eight the, the number eight mm -hmm. you know, moneyarchetypes.com so you can find me on either in either place and um i think you're doing some kind of a uh workshop very soon yes and so yeah so you want to talk about that oh it might be it'll it'll have passed by the time this airs i'm 
yes, it probably will. So that's why if they go to salikaqueen.com, they'll see exactly what's happening and, we'll, and they can catch up and you know, email me and connect with me. That would be fabulous. That's awesome. Thank you so much for um, talking to me today because money is one of those things that um, we either, like you said, we either don't want to talk about it, if we're uncomfortable, we don't relax with it. And um, I just now will visualize your face smiling at me saying, just relax. Just, just relax. relax. Yeah. Just relax. And make friends with money. Like really just think about how you talk about money, how you think about money. Because building a really good relationship with money, to me, is one of the best things that we can do. Because it will change your life. Yes, that's for sure. One way or the other, right? Yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. Thank you again so much. And thank you to my listeners for being here. Don't forget to leave a review. Go and visit Jan's website. Find out more about how you can have an amazing relationship with money and sell like a queen. And uh, remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.